Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we're progressing through Luke. We're in the chapter 10. And we're looking at the life of Jesus. Now, we've been looking at a lot of different things about Jesus up until this point. We've looked at his healings. We've looked at some of his teaching. And now we're coming into chapter 10. We saw it especially in chapter 9 where he is faced with the reality that he is going to the cross. He's going to Jerusalem to go to be put on the cross. And so now he's preparing his disciples. So what happens from here on out is preparation. He is preparing his disciples for the reality that is to come, and specifically the reality that he's not going to be with them anymore. And so we saw last week specifically that he sent out 70, and he gave them some instructions about how they are to be as they go out. Now, last week we looked up to verse 12. We're going to back up a couple of verses and start at verse 10 and go through verse 16, because what we're going to look at today is the whole issue of rejection of people rejecting you for your faith. Now, let me just stop for a moment. How many of you are like me? You would like everyone to like you. You really struggle with people rejecting you, especially rejecting you because of your faith. How many of you are like me? A lot of us are, aren't we? Nobody likes rejection. And and the sad thing is, is that for some reason... And I operate this way as well. For some reason, we have bought a bill of goods that that really thinks that when I share about my faith or I share about Jesus, that everybody should like me and accept me. And when somebody is negative, I think something's wrong. In fact, I think maybe it was how I presented it or maybe there's something wrong with me or, or, or there's just not something right here. What's going on here? And so we get all out of whack because people reject us. Now what we're going to see in this passage is, is Jesus is sending them out. Remember, he starts off at the very beginning and says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So he's already telling them right off the bat, it's pretty dangerous, it's pretty difficult. And then he tells them how they're supposed to act. And then when we come to verse 10, he's going to tell them, okay, here's the reality. Not everybody's going to accept you. Not everybody's going to like what you believe. Not everybody is going to respond the way you want them to respond. And so here's what you need to know. So we're going to look at the whole issue of rejection, especially in light of, because this is what's got to motivate you to deal with it. See, here's the reality. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to come to the place of accepting and dealing with the reality that not everybody is going to like you Not everybody's going to accept your Jesus. Not everybody's going to want to have anything to do with it. So he's going to tell you, through the words of Jesus, about the future reckoning. That there is a day when God brings everything into account. So I want you to notice with me. We're just going to look at these verses together. Verse 10 through 16. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city, which clings to us, Weep, wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. 
But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, to Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethesda! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable in Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Okay, folks, what we're going to do here is a couple, we're going to divide this passage really into two sections, actually three sections. We're going to look at the whole issue of dealing with rejection. We're going to look at that in verses 10 through 12. We're going to see Jesus' attitude about the whole issue of people rejecting him and rejecting you. And then we're going to see what the reckoning is. So I want you to notice with me, first of all, verse 10 through 12, the issue of dealing with rejection. The first thing I want you to see is this. I want you to notice, he says, when you enter into a city, verse 10 and 11, when you enter into a city and they don't receive you, that is, they don't accept you, they don't want to hear what you have to say about your Jesus. Here's what I want you to do, Jesus is saying. I want you to, and it's like a figurative thing, it's a symbolic thing, I want you to walk out into the street and just brush the dust off of you. Now you have to understand, it's a lot like this in a lot of parts of the world today. If you've been in the third world at all, most of the streets are not asphalt. They're not even gravel. They're just dirt roads. And what happens is, is when you walk into those streets and it's dusty and the wind's blowing, what gets on you? Dust. You get dusty. You get dirty. Now think about it. They're just wearing sandals, so... A lot, their feet would be dirty and so forth. And so what happens is, is he's saying, symbolically, you go out and you brush the dust off of you as a testimony against that town, against that place, against those people who will not accept you. But he says, but you still say to them, look with me at verse 11, but you still say to them, nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Here's the first thing I want you to see about dealing with rejection. Rejection does not change the message. Rejection does not change the message. See, this is, a, this is what's going on here. What, what we want to do is, because I, if you're like me, I don't like rejection. By nature, I'm a people pleaser. Just being honest with you. I, I, my, my thing is, I like everybody to like me. But I've had to come to the grips of reality is that not everybody's going to like me. In fact, I've had to come to the grips that somebody who may like me today may not like me tomorrow. And two weeks later, they may like me again. Because people are fickle. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Now, here, here's the reality. I don't like rejection. So because I don't like rejection, and I kind of want to ease things with people so that they will like me. And so what happens is, is we have a tendency to what? Want to change our message. And in fact, that's what's going on in our churches today in North America. We have this concept. A lot of pastors today are struggling with this. I know, because I go to the conferences. I read the books. A lot of pastors are really struggling with changing the message so that people like the church today. But here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, if they reject you, if they don't want to have anything to do with you, you shake the dust off your feet, but you keep the message the same. You keep telling them this is the kingdom of God is here. You keep preaching the same message. 
See, here's the thing. The hardest one is when your family rejects you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And our tendency is we want to change, we want to ease things, but here's the thing. They still need to hear the same message, don't they? And what Jesus is saying here, rejection doesn't change the message. Here's the other thing he's saying. There is greater accountability to those who hear. There is greater accountability to those who hear. Because here's what he says, verse 12. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day, in that day, that's the day of judgment, for Sodom than for that city. Now, most of us here, if you have any understanding of the Bible, or if you've even watched the movie with uh, George C. Scott, you know, the holy the book, the movie long ago where he was Abraham. Most of us have a concept about Sodom, do we not? We know that it was a wicked place. Sometimes the church likes to focus on one particular sin with Sodom, but the reality is if you read the totality of the scripture, it was not just one sin, it was all sins. It was a wicked place. And so they were judged severely. I mean, they were wiped out with fire and brimstone. So we understand this pagan place destroyed. Now, but here's what Jesus is saying. The reality is, is that you need to understand this with rejection. That when you communicate to them about Jesus, they're accountable for what they hear about Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though they don't accept, and many don't, the fact that they are hearing, they're accountable for what they hear. In fact, he goes on and says that for those towns, those cities in Israel, it will be more tolerable for pagan, wicked Sodom than it will be for those cities because of their rejection. Think about that. Now, if you're a Jewish listener and you're hearing that, you're like, you've got to be kidding me. We're the people of God. We have the, we have the law. We have the temple. We are God's chosen. What do you mean it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom than for us if we reject you, Jesus? Here's what he's saying, is that when you know and you hear, you're accountable for what you hear. It's a principle throughout the Bible. The more you know, the more you're accountable to. For. Does everybody understand me? So this is what Jesus is saying about dealing with rejection. But I want you to notice his attitude now, because he's going to shift. In verse 13 through 16, there's going to be a shift now, where he begins to pronounce some woes. Where he begins to lament for those cities that have rejected him. So I want you to notice his attitude, because here's the, here's the thing that comes into our mind. You and I can have a false perception that God is just relishing sending people to hell. In fact, maybe you've talked to somebody and they've said something like, well, if God is so good, why are people going to hell? What I want you to see is his attitude. Look with me in verse 13. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethesda. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Here's what I want you to see. First thing, number one, about his attitude. He deeply hurts for those who reject. He deeply hurts for those who reject. Now here's what I want you to understand, because when you look at that word woe, it's not a term of vengeance. It's not like, woe! You're going to pay. It's not, it's not a term of vengeance here. Jesus is not wanting vengeance on those who reject him. Jesus is not wanting vengeance on those who reject his servants. You understand me? It's not a term of vengeance. But rather, it is an expression of deep regret. When he's saying woe here, it's not a, whoa! You better watch it, buddy! 
It's a, whoa, a gut felt pain coming from inside of him when he thinks about those who are rejecting him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus is deeply hurting for those who reject him. Do you understand? I mean, we know that from other places in the Bible, that he's willing that what? That none should perish. The Old Testament tells us over and over that he does not relish in the judgment of the wicked. So let me explain something to you. Biblically, like for instance, you know, the nation is celebrating because just recently here, one of our most wanted criminals, one of our most wanted enemies was just wiped out, right? Everybody excited, right? Everybody, everybody's, here's what I want you to see, the attitude of God. He deeply hurts for that one who was killed. Now we say, it's justice. But it is. But God created him just like he created you and I. And he's deeply grieved that that person's going to hell. You understand? He doesn't relish in people going to hell. He hurts deeply. Now here's the second thing I want you to see here. Is this, from this passage, he is disappointed with their rejection. He's disappointed with their rejection. Here's what he's saying. He's saying to Chorazin, he's saying to Bethesda, guys, listen to me. You know, I was in your midst. I did these miracles. Now, let me explain to you. This is the only place in the Bible that Chorazin is mentioned. We don't really know where Chorazin is today in Israel. It was probably just a little village, probably like Kellytown or Boardman, just a little bywater, and, 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 and it was probably just a little bitty town that Jesus went into and he did miracles there. He healed people there. He taught there. He did great things there. And Jesus is disappointed because he's saying to Chorazin, he's saying to Bethesda, he's saying, guys, if, if the things that I did were in your town were done in Tyre and Sidon, now let me just stop for a moment, Tyre and Sidon were, were the, really the pagan nation right above what we call today modern Lebanon. And the city of Tyre is still there today. But here's the thing. They were pagan. And they were proud and they were arrogant. And God judged them. We know that from the Old Testament. And he's saying, it would be more if those same things were done there. They would have repented and turned to me long ago. He's disappointed. He's disappointed because he's saying, you have God in your midst doing the miraculous. And you're rejecting. You're rejecting. You know, some of you, you know, with a crowd this size, let's just just be honest, okay? Um, And I'm not deceived because, you know, when you're, I've been a believer now 26 years, pastoring almost 16 years now. It is deceptive to think that everybody who walks into a church is truly a follower of Jesus Christ. That's a deception because the reality is, is we're not all true believers. And for some of you here, you, you come Sunday after Sunday and, and your family are believers in Jesus Christ and, and you hear reports of God answering prayer. You see God's provision. You see God doing things. You see God healing marriages. You see God changing people's lives. and You see God doing things and doing things and yet you, you are not willing to make that commitment. You're not willing to, to step out and, and and trust Him. You're not willing to truly believe. Now, everybody else thinks you're fine and you think you're okay because you're just a church person. And that's okay. But I want you to understand something. Jesus is saying to you, like He's saying to those villages, you know what, I'm disappointed. If the things that were done 
in your midst were done in other places, they would have repented. And he hurts deeply for you. Isn't that a thought? He's disappointing and he's hurting because of us. Especially if we reject him. But he goes on in verse 13 to 16 and he wants to tell them that, you know what, I'm hurting for you, I'm disappointed, but you've got to realize something, that there is a day of judgment coming. There is a future reckoning where things are going to be made right. And even though right now everything's going okay and you can just kind of go on the way it is, the reality is, is that there's a judgment coming. And if you don't know me, because of your reckoning, you're going to be dealt with. You're going to be dealt with. So the first thing I want you to see is this. Judgment will be greater for those who hear. We already made that point earlier. Judgment will be greater for those who hear. Do you realize, can I be honest with you, because you are here today and you hear the Word of God, if you come here regularly, even if you're just here today, the judgment for you will be greater than for somebody in the Amazon who has never been reached yet. I mean, there will be a judgment for them. But the reality is, can I be honest with you, America? The judgment will be greater for us than it is for those who've never heard. Those who've never heard. You know, I was yesterday we were at uh, a conference with the young people, and they had this thing they were handing out, and, and something caught my eye. I was reading it. You know that most of the Christian literature that is published in the world goes to one place. Do you want to know where that is? Here. And then you take somewhere like Asia, which would be China, Southeast Asia, India, Pakistan, and all the way into North Africa, and point. 1% of what is printed as far as Christian literature is for those people. And most of it is here for us. And how are we doing? How are we doing, folks? Not too good. But Jesus said, you know what? Judgment will be greater for those who hear. Here's the other thing. Look with me at verse 15. He says to Capernaum. Now, you got to understand something about Capernaum. Capernaum was a town, sort of like Kerwinsville, but it was where Jesus based himself. It was there that he did a lot of his miracles. It was from there that he would travel all throughout northern Galilee. It was his home base. So they were used to having Jesus there. So here's, here's the, he says in verse 15, And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. The attitude in Capernaum was, as Jesus is from here. We're privileged. We're honored. And here's what he's saying. Privileged position means nothing in the end. Privileged position means nothing in the end. He's saying to them, guys, you may think you're exalted to heaven, but the reality, you're going down to Hades. Can I give you another translation? You're going to hell. That's what he's saying there. You think you're okay, but you're going to hell. Let's back that up. Let's make some application here. Because here's the reality. Okay, here you are. I mean, and, and God's doing some wonderful things in our church, and there's some exciting things going on. And sometimes, you know, there, there, is a, there is a principle that exists, whether you like it or not, that a crowd draws a crowd. And when, when there's excitement and something happening, people will come to a place because something's happening. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And the reality is, is that just because you're here does not mean anything Jesus is saying. Just because I was in your town and I was doing all the miracles and you were my home base, you rejected me. And because of that, you're going to hell. So you could be a part of something 
I think you're okay, but the reality is, is that if you still reject Jesus, you're still going to hell. You're still going to hell. And then finally, here's the point he makes here. Look with me in verse 16. It's an interesting point. You and I need to grasp this. Because here's the thing I want you to see. We talked about it last week. Jesus is just reiterating this point. This is for those of you here who are truly believers in Jesus Christ, who as you share your faith, others will not listen to you. Listen to what verse 16 says. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Here, let me just read it to you and I hope you understand what he's saying here. If somebody listens to you when you share about Jesus, Jesus says they're listening to me. But if somebody rejects you when you share about your faith and they don't want to have anything to do with you and they mock you and they put you down and they just flat out reject you, get away from me with that church stuff. I don't want to have anything to do with that God thing. Jesus says, don't take it personal. They're rejecting me. And then he goes one step further because someone would say, okay, well, he's saying, you know, someone would say, well, I'm I'm not rejecting God, I'm rejecting Jesus. Here's what Jesus is saying. Because if they reject me, they reject the one who sent me, God the Father. You understand what I'm saying? And so here's the point he's making here. You reject Jesus when you reject the messenger. You reject Jesus when you reject the messenger. And let me explain something. The messenger here is not some preacher. Because I'll be honest with you, there are some preachers on TV that need to be rejected. What they're saying is wrong. But when somebody comes to you who is a true believer in Christ, and they genuinely live out their life before you, and they genuinely, from their heart, with love, express to you your need for a Savior, your need for Christ, and your need for forgiveness, and your need for eternal life, and you reject them. And let me explain something. Rejection is not just flat out saying, get out of here, buddy. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Another form of rejection is like this, indecision. I don't think i got time for that right now. Talk to me ten years from now. That's still rejection. What he's saying is, is when you reject that one, you reject him. You reject Jesus. Now, let me just stop. For the rest of us here, that should, lay, that should take a burden off of our back. Because for somebody like me, when I hear that, that just releases me from pressure because I think when they're rejecting Jesus, they're rejecting me. Jesus is saying, no, no, you got it wrong, George. When they reject you and your message, they're rejecting me. So don't take it personal. Now, do I still grieve for them? Do I still hurt for them? Yeah, you better believe it. And the reality is, is this is what he's saying is going to happen in the day of reckoning. Because one day, everything is going to end. One day, unless Jesus comes back, they're going to die, and they're going to meet him. Or if Jesus comes back, it happens then immediately. The day of reckoning comes. And the reality is, is they've got to stand before him, and they've got to answer. And it isn't going to sound like this. Well, you know, Lord, I really was thinking about it, but you know, that guy you sent by, he was a jerk. You know that gal you sent by? She had an irritating voice. And I really did not want to hear her. So, I mean, if you had sent someone else by, I maybe would have accepted. So can I have another chance? It isn't going to happen. Because with a broken heart, Jesus is going to say to them, when you rejected them, you rejected me. So, okay, George, what do we do with this? It's a pretty heavy, heavy thing here. I have three thoughts. 
I guess the first one is to all of you here who know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have truly committed your life to Him, and you have loved ones that you want to share with. You have people that you work with, neighbors, that you are truly concerned about them knowing Jesus Christ. And so my first question really is for you. How do you respond to rejection? How do you respond to rejection? It's going to come. Not everybody wants to hear what you have to share. Not everyone cares. Not everyone believes. And you're going to be rejected. You're going to have people say to you, you know, I love you, but can you quit talking about this? You're making me angry. And yeah, I've heard it before, but I've got questions in my mind, and I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to talk about it. Will you please be quiet? And some of them will even go this far. Unless you quit talking about this, I won't ever do anything with you again. That's rejection, isn't it? And so the question to you is, how do you respond to rejection? Do you want to change your message? Do you want to make it so that everybody's okay and just say, oh, Jesus loves everybody? Do you just want to be quiet in general now? Remember what Jesus is saying. Look, remember, when they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting who? Jesus. And you don't change your message. The message still stays the same. Because the fact, the reality is, is truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. Folks, 2 plus 2 equals 4, does it not? No matter how much I try to make it 5, it doesn't work. And the reality is, is the truth is, is that there's only one name by which men can be saved. Jesus Christ. And he himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through what? That is him. So how do you respond to rejection? The next question is this, and it may be for the rest of you here. Are you rejecting Jesus? Are you rejecting him? You say, well, you know, I'm not rejecting him. Yeah, I, I kind of see where he's at, George. And yeah, you know, I just, I'm just not ready because, you know, I, I just, I just don't know. I'm, are you rejecting Jesus? The simple offer of salvation to commit your life to him, to do whatever he calls you to do, recognize you can't do it for yourself. Are you rejecting Jesus? And then here's the final point. Here's what I want you to see. Recognize the coming judgment. Recognize the coming judgment. Recognize that, man, there is a day of reckoning coming. And if you reject him, man, he is, he's, not gonna, he's not gonna meet you in that day, the great judge. And, and, and it's a terrifying thing. The Bible describes it as it's gonna be a terrifying. The day of terror is what the Apostle Paul calls it. The great white throne will be there and the books will be opened. And they'll call for the book of life to be opened and they'll say, is his name or her name there? The response will come back, no. No, they're not there. And the attitude of Christ in that moment, because he is the one who will be the judge, the attitude is not going to be, okay, well, here it is. You've got to pay. I think with tears and a heartbrokenness, because we already see it there, but yet with disappointment, they will be judged. You will be judged. So are you rejecting him? Recognize there's a coming judgment. And everyone will face it. And believe me, you will not come back as a cow. The reality is that there is a judgment coming. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week. <laughs>